business, big business, car makers and such, they have incredible difficulty being green. Sounding green, dead easy, but actually being green. To a shot-calling bean counter in big business, the whole going green concept is a humongous zirconium abrasive enema. 40 grit. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. For buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or if you are smarter than a politician or a car company CEO, you could just click the card that's up there now. Dude. The best example of the massive speed hump on the road between here and future green utopia where Elon Musk rules the world. And Mars, obviously. And everyone poops emerald Tiffany cufflinks is buried between the lines of that recent press release from Hyundai Shitsville. Now, Hyundai's been dancing around with its hand on hydrogen's ass for something like 15 years now. Way back in 2010, I was producing this mini documentary on Australian resources for Channel 7. And this was just before elite, pompous, git, out-of-touch wanker, personal opinion, and then Prime Minister Kevin Rudd was boned for proposing the mining super profits tax. And of course, the Senate ripped up his proposed carbon tax like Mr. Popularity. Yes, go Kev, taking it from both ends. Shit, yeah, dude. Anywho, on this docker, we followed Shitsvillian iron ore from the Pilbara to South Korea. We watched it get turned into steel, sort of up there, and then into cars and... Then we followed it home to Australia. And while we were there in South Korea, we got to drive a prototype I prototype and prototype too. Both of those things. We drove them both. A prototype IX35 SUV powered by a fuel cell inside a super secret R&D joint outside Seoul. This is like 12 years ago, right? Fuel cells sound so high-tech, but they're really just a black box where hydrogen gas combines with oxygen gas and makes water. And this, of course, is a process which releases energy in the form of electricity. So a fuel cell is really just a box inside which anti-electrolysis occurs. A fuel cell-powered car is therefore just like an EV that you would see on the road today, only... It doesn't have a battery. The electricity comes from hydrogen gas, which is compressed to about 700 atmospheres in a tank. A fuel cell EV poops out chemically pure water, and it can be refueled in minutes, provided, of course, that you can locate a Bowser labelled hydrogen. Good luck with that, at least in Australia. There are three hydrogen refuelers that I know of in Shitsville. One of them is at Hyundai's head office in Sydney. They're going to upgrade it. Like, yay. Terribly late. Like, hardly a management priority, dudes, but yay anyway. Now, 
Forgive me if so far this hydrogen picture sounds like some sort of recipe for green utopia, because it's really not. Hydrogen is one of the filthiest gases in practice today. Hydrogen gas is very rare on Earth. Hydrogen, like the element hydrogen, it's everywhere. But the gas is rare. They're different things, okay? So if you want the gas, you generally have to make it in a dirty industrial process. And this is where green utopia crumbles today and for many years to come, frankly. You can, of course, make hydrogen by sticking electricity in water. The kiddies do that at school. In science, you probably did it back in the day. Lesson 15, electrolysis. But the cheapest way to make hydrogen for industry is simply to crack methane gas with superheated steam. Twice. Methane, frankly, is the girl who can't say no in this environment. Cheap and always gagging to go. Methane is, of course, natural gas, right? The stuff that comes out of the gas main in the street if you are plumbed up that way. It's a fundamental hydrocarbon, right? Meaning it's composed of just carbon and hydrogen. You can crack it with superheated steam twice, and if you do that, you get hydrogen gas plus, frankly, a shit ton of CO2, and, of course, you just throw the CO2 away into the sky because, hey, it has no commercial value. And obviously, you keep the hydrogen. Plus, equally obviously, you need to burn something to generate the heat to get the steam up to, like, whatever it is, 1100 degrees C or something for stage one of this cracking process. So that means even more CO2. Yes! You can look up the whole thing, just Google uh, steam reformation of methane or steam reforming methane. Wikipedia's got a pretty decent entry on it from memory. Anyway, 95% of the world's hydrogen gas production in 2020 was made in this entirely filthy, debauched, Caligula-esque fucking orgy of CO2 production. That's about 70 million tonnes of hydrogen gas, and bonus, you get 11 tonnes of CO2 for every tonne of hydrogen gas you make, so that's about 770 million tonnes of waste CO2, not including the CO2 produced from burning shit to get the process hot enough to run. So obviously this is one of the filthiest environmental processes imaginable from a climate perspective at least. Even if your Nexo SUV or Exeunt truck manages only to fart leprechauns and chemically pure water while you drive it down the road with an insufferable planet-saving air of smug superiority strapped to your face. There's another problem too, right? Second law of thermodynamics, which says that we're all in a big available energy casino with only two house rules. Number one, you have to play, and number two, you have to lose. And this means that every time you do a process, like any process, you lose available energy. So if you need to make hydrogen gas to make something, such as, I don't know, flat glass sheets for a big TV or computer monitor or something, then okay, just do live with the energy loss. Embrace the hydrogen. Yes, don't worry about the CO2. 
But if you need hydrogen to be a fuel for transportation, right, just instead, just burn the fucking methane in an internal combustion engine, right? You'll get the same-ish CO2 emission, but more available energy. Methane is already a good fuel. There's no need to convert it. In other words, using hydrogen made from methane for transportation is another example of ultimate bullshit greenwashing, as well as being a complete thermodynamics fail. The car is clean, certainly, but the fuel is properly filthy. Like, apart from that, all good, dude. Hyundai's had a refueler at its head office in Sydney since about 2014. And it's been prick-teasing fuel cell technology for transport to politicians and industry at every opportunity. And its refueler has been running on filthy hydrogen for eight years. Kind of erodes the message, at least in my view. I should point out that fuel cell tech does sound new and exciting, quite a bit sci-fi, but the technology itself got usable almost 90 years ago. Thanks a bunch, Francis Bacon. <clears throat> Bacon. And NASA used Bacon Tech in Apollo, right? It was the liquid oxygen tank for the fuel cell that exploded on Apollo 13 so famously, giving Tom Hanks something to do for a few years well after the fact. There's no oxygen in space, right, to recombine with the hydrogen inside the fuel cell to make the water and liberate the electricity, so they had to carry the oxygen, obviously. Fuel cell cars don't rock oxygen tanks because air is already like 21% oxygen gas. The Apollo 13 explosion was not caused by the fuel cell. It's just that liquid oxygen does some properly spooky shit in zero gravity and it needs to be stirred from time to time to remain homogenous. So they powered up the stirring system inside the tank from the spacecraft and it shorted out and there was a historic main bus B undervolt and the rest is like Hollywood. Meanwhile, back on Earth, the reason nearly all hydrogen gas we manufacture as a species is made in this filthy methane cracking fuck you climate way is simple. It's the cheapest way to do it. Businesses are run on the balance sheet. Bean counters select every option on the basis of cost, especially when it comes to commodities such as hydrogen gas. If you choose clean hydrogen gas from electrolyzed water for your business with electricity coming from a dirty big solar array, your product just gets more expensive your competitor's product is cheaper, you lose. This is the fundamental impediment to every green initiative. It's what stalls effective climate action. Like, it just does. Hyundai's even got skin in the hydrogen game, right? And it's taken them eight frigging years to get on the front foot here because bean counters. And sure, they're talking up their new refueler. And they're allowed to do that. Like, it's a $1.7 million investment. We're finally going with that electrolyzer. And they've already got the solar panels upstairs. They've had them for years. This upgrade will allow Hyundai in Australia to make 20 kilos of hydrogen gas per day, which is quite a lot. 
they'll need to rip apart almost 200 litres of water to do that, which obviously takes quite a bit of energy. I imagine there was rather a lot of brow furrowing at the local council when the development application for that one actually lobbed. Like, dude, you want to do what? Kind of thing. Anyway, they got that across the line, so props to them. However, this is, in fact, a tiny investment for a business such as Hyundai Schitzfilm. And yet it took them eight long years to find the cash. They had the cash, but someone had to approve it, right? A bean counter. Like, to put this in perspective, Hyundai sold about 70,000 cars here just last year. Let's call it, I don't know, 40 grand a pop on average. That's $2.8 billion in economic turnover, not including the lucrative parts business to support, I'm guessing, about 1 million or something Hyundai vehicles out there on the road today in service here in Australia. So finding a little under $2 million to make your company's flagship hydrogen tech actually green should be dead easy for them, like a no-brainer. Where do I sign? But it wasn't, was it? It'd be like this, the conversation, right? The spruiking of the solution. Dear shot-calling politician asshole, here's the panels, here's the water, here's the electrolyzer, here's the fucking Nexo. You are thus looking at the greenest and most high-tech vehicle in the country, spearheading sustainability and national energy security. <laughs> With an in-house closed-loop production system, sucks water in, poops water out, and runs on sunlight. Sign here, dude. Government grant forthcoming. Like, even a fucking politician would understand that if they saw it. And still, it took eight incredible years of management in action, and we're not there yet, maybe later this year. It's a done deal, but it's going to take time to install, right? Hyundai's not even the first operation in Australia to achieve this. That ship has already sailed. The ACT government got there first, mainly because governments don't have to be economically rational, right? Thus, they can do cool green shit and lead the way. In fact, that should be one of their core functions. Now, if you're not from around here, the ACT, or the Shitsville Capital Territory, as it is more formally known, is like a proper grown-up state, except its balls never dropped. It's really just Canberra's backyard. The nation's capital doesn't want to be, you know, part of New South Wales, Jesus. Canberra is like Antipodean Pleasantville. It pretends to be the nation's capital, but everyone knows that's really Sydney. Still, Canberra has everything. Go there, you should check it out. It's hotter than hell in summer and colder than a witch's tit in winter. It hosts Floriard for wankers, the summer nats for bogans. There's a fountain inside a nice fake lake and a building purpose-built to house chronic masturbators with delusions of adequacy who are out of touch with ordinary Australians. So it seems oddly fitting in a sense that the ACT government has a fleet of fuel cell cars for which it makes its own fuel by electrolyzing water on site. Well done, balls yet to drop ACT government.
Hyundai Schittsville is about to clone exactly that refueler in Canberra. A carbon copy of Canberra's electrolyzer type refueler is about to go in in Sydney, albeit almost a decade late in my view. But don't get me wrong here, this is still a significant achievement. Infrastructure is the real problem with rolling out hydrogen for transport. And someone has to take a stand and actually make this happen. And so far in Australia, only our most pissant government with as yet undropped gonads and Hyundai are taking that stand. So props to them. Once the Sydney one is up and running, you'll even be able to drive between them and back if you've got a hydrogen-powered car. So that's a start. There are two fundamental problems with hydrogen for transportation, right? And technology is not one of them. That's kind of sorted. Hydrogen fuel cells work. They're not perfect. Like, in fact, they are extremely intolerant of contamination. And I'm not totally sure about durability in mass production slash automotive, but the tech is sound, like it works. It's been here for decades. The first problem is purely economic. Doing it dirty is just cheaper than doing it clean with hydrogen. And frankly, I, I so wish Tiffany were like that. Dirty costs a lot more in the Tiffany domain, typically. and I hate that. The second problem is obviously leadership. Governments should be incentivizing the shit out of green hydrogen infrastructure in order to get it out of its economically irrational blocks. Hydrogen is actually one of the few fuels that you can make on site, anywhere, no matter how friggin' remote. And the vehicles don't require toxic heavy metals like batteries do. If we transition to hydrogen, we divorce our dependency on foreign oil and tell me that's just not the biggest plus ever. We become impregnable from an energy security perspective. This means a lot more for our national security than those shitbox submarines and disgracefully inadequate F-35 Lightning IIs, <laughs> the Land Rover of the sky. Way to go, defense procurement fuckwits. Why isn't the New South Wales government kicking the tin for hydrogen? Parrothead just doesn't seem to grasp even the most basic concepts, personal opinion, such as the health of the population being inseparable from the health of the economy. Flip sides of the same coin, dipshit. He's about to have seven kids, and that's completely allowed. It's just a matter for him. However, it does seem to me that the climate crisis is kind of inseparable from the overpopulation of humans on Earth. And he does seem, therefore, to me, to be a walking advertisement for unsustainable exponential growth of our species. Well done. Victoria, now... Dictator Dan. Dan the man from Danistan. So good at turning his state into a kind of modern-day Cold War East Germany. Health through tyranny. Nice concept. Cockhead. <coughs> also green-lighting the production of the filthiest hydrogen ever, made from brown coal in the Latrobe Valley. Filthier even than cracking methane. If that's not a regulatory climate trashing consummate asshole act, because there are votes in it and it's so friggin' easy to greenwash, like 
I don't know what is. And then there's <sighs> Coal Humper 6 at the top of the Climate Inaction Pyramid. Mr. Net Zero Integrity himself. CH6, which could be the formula for a new hydrocarbon, but isn't. He's a man of faith, and specifically, at least as I understand it, his particular faith requires him to believe that the future for humanity lies vested in the outcome of an ongoing sort of current day battle between Jesus and Satan. If you're in CH6's particular happy clapping belief boy band, you are required to believe this. Like, as I understand it, it's not optional, apparently, and I guess it does take some of the edge off the climate emergency when you see the world through that prism. Jesus and Satan are going to work things out ultimately one way or the other, although obviously the smart money's on Satan presently, surely, just looking at the way things are headed, like ambient trajectory, it's getting warmer. I think the beetrooter, seen here in his somewhat flamboyant traditional headdress, he has a similar view on fixing the climate problem, like it's all up to the boy upstairs, according to him. So I guess it's okay to keep promoting coal after all in this sort of context, especially in support of all those, let's call them close ties with the fossil fuels industry. Thus, I wouldn't be looking for any real climate action from this collection of political muppets, personal opinion. Well done, ACT government, therefore, for shining the torch down this particular track and heading off in this brave direction, despite the ongoing status of your gonads versus, you know, real governments. And sort of well done, Hyundai. Better late than never, I suppose. But shame on you highly placed elected officials with the resources actually to take effective climate action and overcome bean-counter-driven climate inertia in the free market, but instead choosing to brown-nose the coal industry because donations and otherwise playing with those ministerial vegetables aimlessly under the table. That's exactly what Australia needs right now. Take it a grip.